Hello and welcome to Voices of Bluescope, the podcast where we go behind the scenes at Bluescope to meet the people who create strength every day. I'm your host, Martin Feld. Thank you for listening. In this episode, we're celebrating 50 years of the Environment Department at our Port Kembla Steelworks in Australia, which has overseen various significant initiatives and projects, such as the greening of the steelworks and construction of the waste gas cleaning plant, just to name two. Attending the anniversary dinner on the 28th of October at the Inside Industry Visitor Centre in Port Kembla, Craig Nealon, Manager Communications, conducted interviews with six former and current members of the team, including Eric Lengling, David Hodges, Laurie Zamet, Natasha Porteous, Neil Lundberg, and Sharon Macon. Altogether, they outline Port Kembla's long-standing commitment to the surrounding environment and community while sharing some of their own personal stories and recollections. As the interviews progress in this episode, in the background you'll hear some of the socialising that took place at this wonderful event. First, let's hear Craig speaking with Eric, who shares further context for the dinner, along with how his life changed while working for the department and how he came back to work on site as a contractor with Veolia. So tonight we're having the 50th anniversary of the Blue Scope slash BHP Environment Department that started in 1973. We had a reunion in 25 years ago. We actually had some uh, glasses there that had the date on it and we went, hang on, it's been another 25 years. So we need to uh, catch up with everyone. Now you used to work in the BHP Environment Department at the time? Correct. From 1989 through to 2001 I worked in the Environment Department at BHP and that's where I met my wife as well. Oh, a nice story. So your wife was in the department at she the time? She was in the department. She was in the department as long as I was, and uh, we've been married almost uh, 30 years because of that. Would it be fair to say you shared a common interest in community and, well, well certainly the environment. And Absolutely. doing the right thing by the environment and also with the community? Absolutely. I was working in the occupational hygiene part of the environment department, but learned a lot about environment. She was part of the water team. Uh, we went out and did community events, botanic gardens, flora wara, site tours. Absolutely loved doing it. We were also on the complaints uh, hotline together. So that was interesting sometimes. You took the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, there was one time uh, on a Sunday morning where uh, Melinda took the call and then she said, I'll just pass you over to my occupational hygiene counterpart. So people didn't know we were married either in a lot of cases because we have separate names but it was a great department to work in. Okay so it worked. It yeah. worked yeah absolutely. So you no longer work for BHP Bluescope, uh, you work for another company but yep. still on the Port Kembla Steelworks right so you haven't Correct. been able to you haven't been able to keep away. Le left for 10 years came back and a job with Veolia came up based at the Port Kembla Steelworks believe it or not it was just amazing. So what is it about this place and even this role where you feel a connection with the community that keeps you coming back? The camaraderie, the relationships I've built over the years are still there. The Blue Scope culture, it, it's something that you can't get anywhere else and it, and it was great coming back. Um, and I feel uh, Veolia sitting in the middle of Blue Scope has got a similar culture. Uh, when I joined the contracting company I went around Blue Scope and spoke to the managers and they feel our people are their people so the culture is very similar. Fantastic. And what are you looking forward to most from tonight, do you think? Catching up with people. It's just, it, I, I've been at the front door there and it's just been fabulous seeing some of those old faces. Unfortunately, we're all getting a little bit older and a little bit greyer, but it is what it is. 
I know I feel a little bit guilty of dragging you away from working the crowd because I know the evening's about to start and that's okay. You better get back there. So no worries. Thanks Thank for the quick chat and enjoy the night. Thank you. In our second interview, as the first ever head of the department, David explains its genesis. I think the department was actually formed in 1973, yeah, 50 years ago. Before that, we were a subgroup in the combustion department. Okay. All right, so the company had a, a history of environmental work prior to this department being yeah, formed. Yeah, I can't remember just when. I think it was about 67. I don't know how long you want this story to be. I was in combustion doing what they called process control work, looking at the in- instrumentation around the, the, the company, and everything was starting to go electronic. One day I went up to books, this is a bit long, one day I went up to books and holidays from the engineering staff officer on a Friday night after five o'clock. He was on the phone, so I put my elbow on the three-drawer filing cabinet, perfect height, and there below me was a memo with my title as the subject heading. And it said, this is to confirm that, I'll use a false name, Billy Smith will arrive this Tuesday, it was a long weekend, to take up the above position. And it was my job. Oh, okay. How would you have felt? I didn't know what was going on. So I went home (laughs) thinking, no one's told me I'm not doing my job very well. But what had happened, the big boss had thought, the boss of engineering had thought, I wasn't the bloke to lead that group into the electronic age. And he was quite right. And then he told me later, he apologised for putting me in that position, but he said another part of my brain was saying, we ought to have someone here looking after environment issues to guide the company in that area. And he said, one night at home, the two halves of my brain got together. That's when I became the environment guy. (laughs) So you were the inaugural environment guy? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, no, no, that wasn't my idea, of course, it was his idea. It was a good thing to do. For back in, it might have been 65 or 67. Pretty forward thinking. Okay. Yeah. And, and tonight is a special night. I've seen you come in through the back door here and apparently no one actually knows that you're coming tonight and it was, in your case, it was a last minute. You've turned yes, up at the yes, last I was, minute. I was invited to take, take part, you know, remotely. Yes. And I said to my wife, oh, darling, I'd love to be down there with those guys. Let's go down. So here we are. So where have you come from then today? Brisbane. Brisbane. We have a son lives at Kiama with his wife, so we drove down to there first, hired a car, drove down to there, and then just come back here now. So I assume you're talking about Ian? Yes, you know so Ian. So Ian works here on site? And, Absolutely, And yes. he has an important job in himself. Uh, he does. I've, looking I've, after energy services? That's right, yes. I think and waste management. Ah, uh, yes. So he's sort of followed in your footsteps to a certain extent. Except to a higher position than I have. <laughs> Well, arguably, I guess he would say that in his job, he keeps the steelworks running. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah true as enough. As far as yeah. en- energy-wise. Responsible yeah. for utilities and so on. It's a pretty yeah. demanding, yeah. But would it be fair to say that in your role in the environment department, you really kept the steelworks running too with the social licence to operate within the community because the community expectations uh, became more and more... They you know, did. there was an expectation that the steelworks needed to do the right thing by the people living nearby here. That's right. And um, if I can just go back a bit, I spent my whole working life here, 39 years, and I always worked for what I would describe as honourable men. 
you know, sometimes you hear people talk about cruel bosses. I never had one like that. And the other wonderful thing about it was I think every recommendation I made to management, listen, we better do this to cut down this pollution or that pollution, air, water or noise, yep. they accepted. I'm an outsider looking in. I'm not okay. part of the uh, department, but I can vividly remember the time at the steelworks here where it was transformed. You know, the greening of the steelworks. Oh and, yes, that was. And yeah. painting the buildings. You know, the whole amenity of the place yeah, changed. Yes, and, right. And I'm assuming you had a big part to play yeah, in I did. that. Yeah, I was yeah. very blessed. I don't recall suggesting painting of the buildings. But when, when that was decided that would be done, I was asked to be responsible for that too. <laughs> sort of being a semi-environment issue, yeah. yeah. Now that's left a wonderful legacy here and um, yeah. I hope you get a chance to, you, you've come, in, come back fairly quickly, but I hope you get a chance to look around and see if there's been any significant changes since the last time Well, yeah, sure. We, we've come down from Brisbane for about four days, so oh, okay. might have a chance to get back here. Yeah. No doubt, Ian will grab you and show you around. I hope he does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Thank you. Laurie now outlines his long history with Bluescope and how he came to join the Environment Department. I've been in the Environment Department for about 33 and a half years and my current role is the, it's a national role, so ASB Downstream Business, uh, Senior Environmental Advisor. 17th of December this year, I will clock up 50 years service with Bluescope. So not all of that time has been in the Environment Department? No. Okay, so what made you come across the Environment Department? What's kept you there all this so time? So I suppose in my earlier parts of my career, I, um, I did electrical and electronics uh, type of uh, type work. And uh, I uh, saw an advertisement in the Environment Department for a noise control position, and I thought, yep, I might give this a go and um, went through the interview process, it was successful and that was 33 and a half years ago. And since I've been in the environment department, I've had a number of different roles, which I've absolutely loved. Okay, so that's one thing that may have kept you in that department all this time? Yes, the fact that I actually had the opportunity to actually move around and, and to learn other things apart from just noise control. So I ended up uh, in a compliance role, occupational hygiene role, and then worked my way into a senior advisory role. And I've known you as someone who goes out and spends a lot of time in the community as part of your role. Will you, you go and speak to people yeah. that have... Yeah, yeah, over the years I've been involved in a lot of community-related promotional type work, going out to the schools and talking to children about environment and doing um, all sorts of tree planting exercises and giving the wards out at local councils, just a bit of everything. And that's, that's, that's just amazing. It makes it so much more enjoyable. Would I be right in saying you're the longest serving current employee in the environment? I think, I think you're probably right, yes. And, and you've had a fair bit to do with organising tonight, so that's myself, something pretty myself special too. Yes, myself and um, my manager, uh, Natasha Porteous and Eric Langling, and yourself. Yeah. Thank you. But what's it mean to you? Like, why was it important for you to organise It was important tonight? to me because I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's a celebration of uh, such a fantastic department made up of fantastic people 
who devoted a lot of their working years to striving for best environmental performance. And you know, today we talk about drawing strength. Our people are our strength. And I suppose when I look at the way the environment department function has always operated, we all treated each other with a lot of respect and honesty and support. We supported each other. And that to me was probably a clear demonstration that we drew strength off one another. Well, thank you, Laurie, for organising tonight and being part of it. I hope you, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I sure will. It's a great thing, not only for the department, but for you personally as well. So, you know, and you deserve a lot of thanks as well as all the other people in this that'll be so here tonight. It's been my absolute pleasure. As the current manager, Natasha discusses the need for openness and transparency when discussing the environment and addressing community stakeholders. I feel super proud, particularly having all my predecessors here in the one place at the one time and a little bit nervous, I've got to say. I was just about to say that maybe there's a little bit of pressure on you, if, um, especially those who might have come back and haven't been here for a while and come back to look at the plant and uh, might be able to find a little, a uh, few little cracks in what's happening out there. I'm not sure. Absolutely. They're First, big, big shoes to fill. So, yes, <laughs> feeling a little nervous. Interested yeah. to know what they think about the site, though. Yeah, absolutely. It would be. And, and when you first came into the role, did you find it daunting or...? Oh yeah, no, I, I, I've got to say I found it very daunting. There's a lot, a lot to get your head across in the environment space here, particularly at Port Kembla Steelworks. Um, you know, it's not just air emissions, it's not just water, it's, it's everything. It's land, air, water, waste, energy, greenhouse gas. So yeah, it's a big, big to get my head across it all. Yeah, it would be fair to say too, it's not so much dealing with those issues, but you, you have to do it in a way where you're engaging with all the stakeholders, you know, the regulators and the, and the community in general, yeah. and let alone all the plant people, the, you know, our employees. So congratulations to you, because I know that you do a very good job, or your department does a very Thank good you. job in that space, because I, it sort of touches all of us in a way. Do you have any particular stories or any memories that you might have that without trying to put you on the spot. Well, I've, I've been with the Environment Department 15 years and I guess, I guess if I start with a story, um, my, my most memorable first experience when I joined the Environment team, I was taken into the EPA offices in Wollongong with my manager at the time, Mark Garrahy, and sat down with uh, the lead EPA officer for the site, William Dove, and he said to me, the reason that we get along so well with Blue Scope is because we're open and honest with each other. And they're words that just ring true and it, it sort of explains the type of relationship we now have with them, which is a very good one for a regulator. And I, I might back that up. I mean, I'm an outsider looking in, but as I said, I have some experience with going to meetings and things and, and it certainly is my impression as well that you know, we're, we're nothing but open about what's going That's on. Right. And, um, and it works. It, it works. It, it, it helps us and it helps them to regulate. So we've got a very um, a great team. We're all there for each other. We're all there to help each other. Nobody, um, you know, whinges about 
big jobs and and anyone everyone help jumps in helps out if needed and I think that's why I like working with the environment department so much it's even as a manager I still feel part of that team and um, and that's something I want to continue to build and grow but it's definitely something that I've enjoyed in the last 15 years and and they've all got their little passions, uh, whether it's a waste passion or looking after the water or the air, so it, it kind of works well that, <laughs> that they're all able to express themselves and, and do what they want to really do with uh, environmental improvements, so yeah. We now shift to Neil, who explains the importance of transferring environmental knowledge and practices to new generations at Bluescope. We were moved into the environment department in 1989 as an occupational hygiene group. Um, after we got there, we were integrated within environment and we, I got to share responsibilities between environment and occupational hygiene. I spent time as the senior environmental engineer for iron making, plus I was running the uh, occupational hygiene group which is a group that looks after the internal and working environment for the whole of the Port uh, Kembla plant. Was that your background, was it, Neil, like in occupational Yeah, well, hygiene? our background, we originally came from the tech services laboratories, yep. and David Hodges, uh, we all did the occupational hygiene course at uh, School of Tropical Medicine at Sydney University. So that's what brought you to the department? What kept you within working in the environment department for so long? Oh, well, we, we had an absolute great team up there. We um, had a great boss, tremendous boss. He would be the most visionary environment guy we'd ever come across. Um, we, were, we did our own thing within our own profession and uh, our leader was a man who would listen and give advice equally. We had a great group of people with us all around. The teamwork was absolutely tremendous. Plus the other thing, we did a lot of work with the community. We had to build those relationships with quite a diverse population outside the boundaries, as well as kind of getting the trust of uh, our own workforce. You know, you stood up tonight, you grabbed the microphone uh, and wanted to say a few words and you called out some of the newer people in the environment department. So to me, I thought that was quite a special thing to do, so. Oh, well, you know, these things work around our people and young people, they were asking for how should they do their job. Now we're talking almost on two generational differences here, but they were keen to listen and, uh, and they were asking questions. It was quite a, uh, as a real edifying experience speaking to those young guys. We, we had brought trainees before, you know, through the department. I used to do part of that targeted selection interviewing for our young environmental engineers, which at that time was scary. They were really, really bright kids. And I guess what we've got here is the product of that kind of uh, induction. Have you got a fond memory that you, you can think of that uh, you'd like to share? It was always a pleasant place to work. It was always, um, it was always a challenge. 
And uh, what about tonight? How's how's tonight oh, gone? Tonight otherwise? is a real blast. You know, like I say, we've got the young guys, and we've got those that were following behind us doing our job. There's talking to a new um, current affairs manager. So uh, no, it's it's been a real uh, a pleasure and an eye opener. In our last interview, Sharon illustrates how you can make a real difference for the environment from within a company. So I started in the department in 1985. I did vocation work before that during my degree and swore I would never come back to the Stewart's because I was climbing stacks and um, so then I... Doing drains and things like that, were you? Yeah. And my degree was in environmental science and I was going to be a ranger. I wanted to play with critters and that sort of stuff. Um, so then I joined in 1985 in the environmental field. What kept you here, I guess? What kept you working oh, at the so school? I joined the department to work on how do you rehabilitate slag stockpile that became the north wall of 21 area. The north wall that actually is the west wall. It's now right? actually moved around and yeah. So my job was to actually use waste, create artificial soil and then work out how we could plant as well as all the other environmental bits and pieces. So. And then I had the luxury of every time something new piece of legislation came in. I suppose I was lucky enough to be able to go, now let's go look at waste management. We brought METSO and ASS, ASMS. Now you can play, now you can manage some contractors in what they do. Um, then I got involved with, I suppose, the public affairs department when Mike was there. So a lot of community and stakeholder engagement work. So, so yeah. So would it be fair to say then you had a passion for, originally you wanted to go into a national park or forests and look after that, but in the steelworks, would it be fair to say you could do a similar sort of thing, but perhaps make a real difference to the environment or help the community? So it was about the passion turned into making a difference around the environment, working with everybody in the organisation about how we made that difference. And I, when I left, I went consulting, but I went back to a, a business, a corporation, because I wanted to do what I did here, which was like, take environment, company's got a right to make its money, but it needs to care about its environment, keep people safe. Um, and you do that by working with everyone who's in the workforce. So I took that and went off to another company, went back to another company to do that. Yeah, yep. fabulous. So you can make a difference, probably more so a difference by working inside the company. Yes. Yeah. And when I did my degree and said I... It was interesting. When I, when I was in the steelworks, I would get a lot of comments about... How can you call yourself an environmentalist and work in the business? And I said, I have the choice. I can lock myself to the front gate or I can talk with the guys who make the decisions about what makes the difference. An example 
uh, where we've made a difference to the community, I can remember, is the waste gas cleaning plant at the centre plant. When we installed that, I think the community perception of the place changed quite radically. Would that be fair to say? I think so. But I suppose there were a couple of big projects at the same time. So there was the centre plant and we are also doing the coke ovens. So... From memory, you know, they were $80 million, $90 million projects each. And there was a focus on them because, A, they were visible, but also potential, you know, health impacts that we were trying to investigate. And I know with the Cineplant, we were one of the first in the world to actually look at um, dioxins and what that meant and how you dealt with it. So it was a huge amount of money big projects. We were very much out there with the community. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I... Made I, a difference. I personally used to go to the Paul Kembler Pollution Group meeting sort of a long time after your tenure, but I would go there and, and we had a fantastic relationship with that group, but I suspect at that time the people who part of that group were quite active and they were quite... Anyway, that community would have shut us down if we weren't doing the right thing. They would have, and I think so David Hodges set that the relationship up really well, so I was able to step into that role. But I do remember the community saying at one point, hey, Sharon, you're always here. We trust you. We never see any of the management. Yeah. And for the meetings after that, the superintendents would turn up. They would be in the crowd. So I'd be the spokesperson. They would be in the crowd. And I think that took us a long way so that the community could see it wasn't just me as a spokesperson, but the management were there and happy to stand by what was said. And, of course, the projects went ahead. So so we built that relationship because they, you know, everybody was happy to be there rather than just me being a talking head. So we did a lot, yeah. We got a long way with those guys, just by everybody wanting to say, yeah, this is who we are, this is what we do, and supposing, you know, we don't use it so much, but we're going to walk the talk, and and you can ask us when you need to. Finally, how has tonight been? How's that gone? Are you um, enjoying catching up with some of these old faces? It's, it's Actually, it's really great being able to catch up with a lot of people I haven't seen for 20-odd years. There's lots of good stories uh, that are going around and things that you forget and, and the way other people see things. So all I can say is thanks to Blue Scope for letting us come back and for seeing the need to celebrate 50 years of environment. (laughs) That concludes our set of featured conversations, and we thank Eric, David, Laurie, Natasha, Neil and Sharon for giving their time on the night, and of course Craig for conducting the interviews. You can also watch a special event video at TV Blue Scope on YouTube that features excerpts of the interviews that you just heard. Find it in this episode's show notes in your browser or podcast app, along with links to information about our broader global efforts in sustainability and the environment. Thank you very much for listening to Voices of Blue Scope, and we look forward to having you again soon.